0: Financial Planner is an innovative, comprehensive, informative, and cutting edge podcast that discusses financial topics ranging from personal finance, economics, politics, and personal growth. Simply Financial will cover intriguing and thought provoking questions so that the listener can simply increase their financial IQ.
1: Welcome to the Simply Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. We're in season number three. This is episode number 23, and this is a special episode because this is. Part five of our five part series titled Battle of the Sexes. If you've been listening, and hopefully you have, the first two episodes were my wife and I, Joelle, talking about money in marriage. And then uh, Lindy Brock, my partner, uh, talked about the same topic, discussing how her and her husband, DJ, handle money and finances in their relationship and kind of comparing and contrasting the different ways that we handle it in our household versus the way they handle it in theirs. Next, Lindy and I talked about uh, kids with money, trying to teach kids and expose kids to good habits about money. And that's what uh, Joelle and I are going to talk about here in just a moment. So hopefully you've enjoyed this five-part series. Please, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, go to iTunes, other platforms, and subscribe. And if you could give us a review that's positive, Uh, that would be wonderful. Thanks very much. So, Joelle, thanks for uh, sitting down with me this morning. Yes, hello. So, with um, Lindy and I, we started talking about allowance because uh, I I think you listened to the episode she and I did. Uh, Lindy has developed this... Uh, system, I guess is the best way to describe it of allowance that's partly based on chores and then money goes to them, but they can earn more. And some of it goes into a bucket for saving. Some of it goes into a bucket for spending and seems pretty complicated. But for both of our kids, Marissa is 18, soon to be 19. Uh, Dominic is 13, a new teenager. We've never done allowance, right?
2: I wouldn't say that. We've, The kids have asked here and there for allowances and um, they have gone on these binges where they want to get money so they say they'll do some chores around the house for them and we had entertained it, we started it, but it never happened to follow through in any sense whatsoever.
1: Did you grow up in your household having chores that you got an allowance for? Never. Yeah, I didn't grow up in that household either, which I guess kind of explains why I don't think we've ever really sat down and had a deep conversation about it, especially when say Marissa was much younger about the pros and cons of doing an allowance or coming up with some type of thing for chores. But it's not as though if you're listening, our kids don't help around the house. They do have responsibilities in terms of cleanliness of their room, helping uh, you know clean up dinner. Uh, We have a dog, so especially as they've gotten older, walking the dog, feeding the dog, brushing the dog. I mean, they do help out around the house. We've had some battles with Marissa, teenage daughter stuff, but generally speaking, it's not like they don't get allowance because they don't do anything. It's just kind of you're part of the family and you have a role to play and you need to pitch in and help, right?
2: Yeah, my big thing to them is always be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And that is my motto in the house, is you help out, you help us out, you do your part, we're a team. And if you want something in return at some point in time, yeah. I mean, I don't think that that's a lot to ask for in terms of, you know, the dog and things like that and the garbage and, again, keeping your room clean. And then when they look for something, you know, they want to buy, Dominic wants to buy an Xbox game or Marissa's looking to get her nails done I will reward them.
1: So they do have the sense, I I think, uh, this is what I would say, that even though it's not a strict tit-for-tat, like if you do this, you get this, there is the general understanding that they are tied together. Be a good actor and team member in the house, a family member, and pitch in, and then when something comes up, we're going to be able to help you. Correct. Okay. And so, Marissa, she's... uh, Just finished her successful freshman year in college. Would you describe her as a saver or a spender? A spender. And how about Dominic? Saver. Okay. And it's kind of complicated, though, because I think Marissa is definitely a spender. She sure likes to shop. But I do believe that she's grown to appreciate the value of a buck.
2: I agree. And I do think she thinks about it before spending, <laughs> but she is a spender. She likes to spend money, therefore she does not mind working. She's a hard worker. She works uh, incredibly hard at her job. She's you know, very well liked at her jobs, but she does kind of work towards the idea of spending that money.
1: Okay. <laughs> it is a nice trait, though, that she does have an awareness about that. She knows how much is in her bank account. She knows how much she's earning. She knows when she's expecting a paycheck. I think in her freshman year, she did a reasonably good job of budgeting and keeping an awareness of here's how much I have, here's how much I think I'm going to make. So she is a spender, but hasn't shown recklessness.
2: No, no. I mean, even if we gave her, gave her, allowed her to get a credit card, which I guess she could do on her own anyway, I don't believe that she would want to be in debt. In terms yes. of a credit card, so yes, I think she does well budgeting it. I think she knows how much she has. She does not live beyond her means. She rarely comes to us and asks us to pay for anything.
1: Sure. Which actually, you brought something up that wasn't on the outline that I had set up for the discussion, but I, I think because you brought up the subject, is our deal with Marissa. She's at college, uh, is that she will not take on any debt while she's in college. No car loan. No credit card. She's not going to get exposed to that while she's in college. And that's the deal. Uh, We're going to provide a tremendous amount of help and support for her. We're blessed to be able to do that for her, and we want to do that. But one of the uh, contingencies, is that the right way to say it? Well, one of the rules was no debt, because we didn't want to, especially me, didn't want to do what we planned to do college expense-wise to give her financial freedom, only for her to then go and use that freedom to go and borrow $25,000 on a car while she's in college. That's a no-go. So uh, Dominic is younger. He's 13, so he's not working yet, of course. Uh, He's a saver. Why would you say that?
2: Dominic does not like to spend money on a regular basis. He does like some big-ticket items. And when we go into stores, he's very aware of the prices and how much things cost, and he shies away from buying things because of the cost of things, and realizes it might be too much for certain things. And he says that's ridiculous. So he does have quite a bit of money in his drawer for his whatever money his he's piggy bank, yeah. yeah. And he has money in the bank account. And I just, I just I think he's very aware at a young age of what things cost. And sometimes gets sticker shock. And would rather keep the money than spend it.
1: But would you agree that it seems to me that Marissa's is more of a spender than either of us are? A natural spender. Now, you spend money, I spend money. But just a natural spender. I think she's more of a natural spender than either you or I are. And I think Dominic... Is more uh, tight with his money, and it's an early age. Obviously, all of this can change, but he seems to be more restrictive with his money than either of you are. Either you or I are. Also, they seem to have flanked us. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, agreed. So, w- money-wise, now Marissa's earning money. Um, how do you feel about when someone comes of age um, about advising them, encouraging them, or even making them get a job early on?
2: I completely agree. I think it's strange that you really can't get a job until you're 16. I remember getting a job when I was 15, and actually I was going to talk to Dominic about this, that he could start reffing like Marissa did in uh, doing things like that. I really think it's good for them to get a job as early as possible, to know the value of money, and to be able to have their own money to do things with if they want.
1: It seems to me that teaching kids about money is challenging. And as we just described, kids are as different as any other people are. So you got to plug into who they are and how they operate and think. Even at young ages, they've already uh, either they're built a certain way or they've already formed impressions. But the best way for somebody to learn about money is to go get a job, earn money yourself. And that will go way longer in figuring out things about money compared to just sitting down and conceptually trying to explain something about money. So I agree, kids should work. This is my advice, my worldview. Kids should work, they should work at an early age, do something. It doesn't mean they need to be working 40 hours a week or not have any time for fun and sports and extracurricular activities, quite the opposite. But working is a great, great way to teach them about money because once they put sweat equity in and get money in exchange, whether it's entrepreneurial like they're, uh, you know, take for example, uh, get a lawnmower and go mow lawns or they go work at a restaurant or Dunkin' Donuts or whatever business locally would hire young people, it's great, great thing.
2: The other thing about Marissa that I have to kind of defend her a little bit too is she's pretty good with using coupons and using the apps that have... off and things like that. So when she goes to these stores to buy her clothes, she's very conscious of the fact of using technology to find discounts at these stores. And she actually realized pretty quickly about gas that if you pay cash, it's less than if you use your card.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay.
2: So, you know, she does spend money, but she is wise about how she's doing it. And she's conscious of her money. She's not just needlessly throwing it away.
1: Absolutely. That's similar to what I said. She's not reckless. I mean, she spends money, but she's purposeful. She's thorough, and I don't think it's 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 recklessness. So, with Marissa earning money, she's got she had a couple of jobs. We don't really guide her much on what to spend that money on. No, and we also haven't encouraged her to save money for the long term at this point. Right? Correct. Our thinking is she's in college. We wanted to work, and she should generate money so she could enjoy some fun things going out to dinner with friends going to the beach one day fill up gas in her car things like that we do provide support we pay car insurance we pay the property tax on the car and if the car were to break down we would pay for repairs but routine stuff she's paying for out of pocket we don't really give her any guidance on that and we're not having her set money aside into a retirement account or investing at this point that's her money she largely gets to choose what she wants to do with it right
2: correct and that was
1: the same even when she was working part-time in high school correct and what about your views our views on when they receive money for gifts Uh, do we allow the child when they get money from grandma or aunts uncles grandpa what they do with money that comes in the form of a gift
2: we do not I had this thing early on that you should probably bank half of it and then keep half of it. Uh, It didn't really work out for me. I don't know why, Uh, but the kids do have their money and they get it and they kind of spend it how they see
1: fit. But both of them do have a savings account. Correct. Um, And they all... Now, Marissa has a checking account with a debit card that she could do what she needs to with. Dominic, of course, at 13, still needs mom and dad's help, but okay. What's your view? Lindy and I talked about this, and I thought it was an interesting debate, and our lives are so crazy. We haven't really talked about this on the home front, just you and I, so we'll just do it on air here, is how much do you share about household finances with the kids? And I I shared with Lindy what you shared with me, that you had a conversation with Marissa about her fitting in at St. Joseph's, the college she's at in Philadelphia, Uh, because you want your kids to be accepted and to feel part of a group and not to feel isolated and it's some type some part of the conversation revolved around um, fitting in economically financially and how did she respond to that?
2: She was kind of funny because at first she thought about it and she said yeah there's people like me and there's people less than me and mostly people like me and then she kind of just hesitated a little bit and said I really don't even know how much And it was just kind of funny and she said you know people keep telling me that we have all this money and that we live below our means and and your mom and dad are very wealthy and she kind of like just took a step back and was like mom but I really have absolutely no idea how much money we have
1: now the question is was that purposeful on our part I mean have we been secretive you and I talk about money uh, regularly Uh, I talked in other episodes of the show about we track uh, our net worth statement. uh, You run the books. We track all of the money that's spent. Uh, We do use credit cards. I know I said that I didn't want my daughter using credit cards. That's not necessarily a forever thing, but it's certainly for college experience. But we use credit cards. You break down the credit cards. We log in all the spending. We see it by categories. So we do talk about money. So we're not secretive, but yet we're not really very open either because we haven't really sat down and had significant conversations about mom and dad make this amount of money and we have this amount of debt or dad is buying a new a uh, business to expand and here's how it's working or how much money we have in the bank. We've never really done that either. So what's our philosophy with this?
2: I guess it goes back to, I mean, I, I never really had that discussion with my parents either. And I just not that it's something, I don't think it's something that they need to know.
1: So Marissa's 18 now. She'll be 19 in just a little bit. At some point, do we share with her more than we've shared before? And part of the reason why I asked you, is because I talk with people all the time about money. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm well known as a financial planner, even in my social circles, right? You know, you and I could be at happy hour, friend's house, and people will pose questions to me. I mean, it just goes with the territory. It's all good. But I know a lot about a lot of people's money and finances and how much they earn and how much they're worth. And um, that goes for clients, friends, colleagues, centers of influence. It's just the nature of the business that I am in as a certified financial planner. So I want people to be very open when I talk about it because in some cases, being secretive can lead to sub-optimal results because you do need help with money. Nobody can know everything. Are we doing Marissa a disservice by, by not sharing with her more about what we have going on?
2: I don't know. I never really, I never really thought of it until, you know, you had posed this question uh, at me for this. So I uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's private. I don't I don't think she needs to know
1: anything. Mhm. It's guess. interesting because this is uh, although for the most part in our marriage when we look at our families, there's more similarities, especially value-wise, than there are differences, and this is an area of one because I for a very long time as an adult, not as a child, know a lot about my parents' finances. But again, I think that's part of my role as a financial planner. Investment advisor, we've had candid conversations, uh, but you don't have that same information in terms of your parents. And that's not good or bad, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, and so we're going to have to decide do, are, we, are we more open with our kids for whatever reason? Not because my parents did and your parents did not, but I don't know. I mean, we did share with them, we had our wills and estates plan updated recently. And we didn't share with them the details, but what did we say to them? We said, God forbid something happened to mom and dad, there's a plan in place and you'll be taken care of. Um, Financially, you'll be taken care of, and uh, we know who's going to take care of you and would take over parental duties. So that was sharing. Correct. We had candid conversations with Marissa about the cost of college, how it was going to be paid for, what our expectations are. So that was kind of a candid conversation. Yes, yes. I don't know. We're, sort, we're just sorting it out on the fly, right? Yeah. And another thing that we did do is we've put money in both of the kids' college funds for a long time. I mean, Marissa was born in August of 2000, and by the fall of 2000, she had a college fund that we were putting money in. And at an early age, we said, hey, you know, look, you know, here's a statement. We just know that we put money away for you on a regular basis so you could go to college someday. It was age appropriate. We didn't talk how much we had how much we had relative to what school would cost, age-appropriate stuff. But when Marissa was in high school and we're digging into where she's going to go, what the choices are, what the economics of tuition and room and board are, you know, we did have candid kind of conversations with her. So we're not completely closed off. No. But she doesn't know how much we make. No. She doesn't know how much we have in the bank. No. Or how much we're worth. Or really much beyond that, right?
2: No, and and I know we're just talking about Marissa, but Dominic has come along with questions. How much did we pay for this house? Because now there's some houses for sale on the street, so he knows how much they went for. He asked how much we paid for our house. He asked about a mortgage. He asked about some of those questions, and I gave him honest answers. Mm -hmm. I was not going to lie to him. I did not open up a conversation with him, but he started it with those things.
1: So along those lines, because Dominic is... I think mature for a thirteen-year-old in some ways. You know, he's ahead of his time and thinking about stuff like that. But from your perspective, because I know it's more, you know, um, more something that I've shared with the kids. Because I'm such a business geek and such a finance geek, I watch a series of television shows that are business-oriented that I actually get tremendous enjoyment out of watching. But examples are Shark Tank, then the different like Flip This House and all of those shows about real estate investing. And then also The Profit, also on CNBC. And, you know, the kids have watched these shows with me for a while. From your perspective, how much you think that has brought to them in terms of understanding money and finance and business and money habits and things like that?
2: I think a lot. And especially Marissa now taking these classes in college that are business related. She has come across saying... Just listening to Dad, listening to Uncle Steve, listening to him talk to his clients, listening to some areas, watching the shows with Dad, all those things. When she hears a term, it's not a foreign term for her in these business classes, whether it be, uh, I guess, maybe depreciation or things like that. You know, she kind of understands a little bit, and it's not foreign to her where she's not scared of these terms.
1: And that comes from... Hearing business conversations, but also watching these shows, yeah. which is entertainment. You know, the Shark Tank is very entertaining, uh, but I think there's good, good business stuff in that show in particular, and both the kids regularly watch that show with me, and I, I do think it increases their financial IQ, and it also promotes discussions, because Dominic will sit there and watch the show and say, you know, well, what are they talking about? You know, what what's a royalty? And you could give just a quick little example and it bumps up their knowledge base and uh, without sitting them down formally and say, let me tell you what a royalty is or let me explain what a private equity deal is. You know, it's just conversational during the show. So that's good information. The, um, The next thing I wanted to ask you about is in terms of paying for bigger ticket items. We already said that they kind of spend what they want to spend for the most part. We help them out. Uh, But when you get to paying for a car, with Marissa, we bought a car. It's not some super expensive car, but it's also not a $500 car either. Uh, What are your thoughts on how to guide towards a good decision with your child in terms of purchasing a vehicle?
2: I think that, you know, they have to have some kind of understanding of how much the car did cost and how much you were willing to spend, the idea of her or them chipping in for the car doesn't really... I guess it's just different in each family. I think that us buying the car for her... First of all, she had no money to really buy the car, so I don't really... It wouldn't have even been a conversation. Right. So,
1: And we didn't want her to drive hours.
2: No. And then, you know, having her pay us back for the car... Fortunate for us, we just were able to buy the car, so we didn't even have a car payment. So, maybe we could have said, "Hey, give us a few dollars here and there for the car," but I don't really feel it was necessary. Mm-hmm. I think if she shows responsibility and she keeps doing what she's doing and she keeps her eye on the prize, that you know things like that will be handled in our in our house.
1: So, in in the time we have remaining, I wanted to talk about this because um, we've been blessed, right? And so by Metrics, income-wise, net worth—we're um, in the upper echelons of American society today. We do yeah, very well. Actually, you well. sent me
2: that article.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, we didn't even
2: mention, it, but
1: yes, yes. Um, so there was an article that talked about if you have a what was it? If you have a million-dollar net worth, you're in the top. I think it was eighty. Uh, you're in the top twelve percent of American households. And then, if you have a net worth of 3 million or more, you're in the top 3% of American households, I think it was. And then, if it was over 10 million, it's top 1%, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, we've lived the American dream, right? Because we've done very well for ourselves. We've been very blessed. We've worked incredibly hard. We've tried to be smart. We've made mistakes along the way. But we're living the American dream, especially when we look at your parents and my parents. Um, We are more successful than them just judging on money, income, assets, right? And so our kids live a richer life than we did. Um, Vacations, cars, eating out, all of the wonderful things that we're able to afford because we want to use our money to enjoy our lives and to enrich their lives,
2: like but, when your son asked for a good steak to go out to dinner for a good steak on a random Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, if you say, Dominic, we want to go out. You know, we're thinking of going out to eat. You know, where do you want to go? And and my 13-year-old son is like, I could really go for a good steak. I don't think as a, <laughs> as a 13-year-old boy i had ever been out to a restaurant and ate steak. I mean, that just didn't happen. Part of that was money-wise in my household. Generationally, eating out was a little different then. But... Um, that's really an incredible statement. When he means a good steak, too, I mean, he means a good steak. Yes. He knows what a good steak is. But the risk of spoiling your kids, you know, because we want to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And, you know, that will be, let's say, going on a nice vacation. And when we go, we want to really enjoy ourselves. But they come along for a ride. They're part of our family. So they get exposed to things at an earlier age than we did But we don't want to deny ourselves and them the fruits of our labor, but we also don't want them to be spoiled. It doesn't seem like either our kids are spoiled. How the heck did that happen?
2: I don't know. It's kind of funny. And This goes back to last fall, Dominic wanted to try golf. So I brought him to play it again sports. And for $50, we got a golf bag, some golf clubs, a couple things, suited him up. Could we afford to buy more? Could we afford to buy better ones? Yes, but he was going to go out and try golf. I didn't know if he was going to like it, so I was not going to invest all this money in something for him to decide three weeks later he didn't like. So he gets out on the golf course with his used clubs, and he sees one of his friends out there who is pretty much hacking up the golf course. And Dominic is a pretty good athlete, so he gets out there and swings and right away, straight away, 150 yards, cracks me up. And he comes off the course, and he looks at me and goes, Mom, did you see him out there? Did you see him with his new clubs and his new shoes and his new bag and all that stuff? He's like, and I got these stinking little clubs. He's like, but I really kicked ass out there. And I said, yeah, that's pretty funny. But he goes, well, you know, I guess we could afford to get those better clubs, but we just chose not to, right?
1: Yeah. And I said, yeah. That's great.
2: So he understood that... This is what we were doing, and if you liked it and you put in the time and the effort, come along. Then maybe we'll get you some better clubs, but we weren't just going to go first time out, spend all this money.
1: Do you think some of, some of it, and I want to be careful. I'm not spitting in the wind or, or being judgmental because every family dynamic is different, but Lindy and I talked about this term, um, too, is that more is uh, caught than taught. In other words, you could sit down and say to Dominic, oh, this about money, that about money, but really, he's probably going to get a greater influence from what he sees, how we see, how he sees us operate with money, as well as what he sees, Lindy pointed this out, with his friends and family, and just, you know, as he makes his way through the school system and uh, gets exposed to more and more as he gets older, is that more is caught than taught. I would hope that they're not spoiled because even though we enjoy nice things and we have nice cars and we go on beautiful vacations and we like nice food and we will go out to nice restaurants, that they see us working hard and being diligent about money and picking our spots when we're gonna spend versus not spend. I'd like to think that some of that is from parenting, although I'm not convinced that that is the case. But if you believe that more is caught than taught, Maybe that explains how our kids are not spoiled even though they have gotten exposed to and experienced things that are indicative of an affluent lifestyle.
2: I agree. But there's also probably kids that would say that our kids are spoiled.
1: That's true. I guess it depends on your definition of spoiled. I think of it more as an entitlement and an expectation without the work ethic and the responsibility and the good behavior. But you're right. Um, You know, Based on some of the things we've done, uh, somebody who, for whatever reason, is not able to experience that or hasn't experienced that, they could look and say, this individual is spoiled. But I don't know what, uh, maybe we could look it up online after we stop recording on what the definition of spoiled is. But I think of it more of that entitled child that would throw a tantrum if they don't get what they want or um, don't show a good work ethic and just expect, you know, me, 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 more, more, more. But you're right. Uh, Others might judge us to be, to have kids that are spoiled. Have you heard anybody say that?
2: No, I haven't heard anybody say that, but I could just see that. You know, especially with Marissa being in, yeah, Dominic being in the public school he's in and Marissa being in college and just being around different demographics.
1: Good. Good. Well, it was a great discussion. Uh, this five-part series, I think, came out as good as I had hoped for. Hopefully, uh, you guys that are listening feel the same way. Uh, if you want to get more information about um, Joelle, me, and the rest of the team here at Elliott Wealth Management, go to our website, www.elliotwealth.com. You could subscribe to the podcast. You can sign up for our monthly mailing list. And if you're not a client of ours, we'd love to speak with you. You could sign up for a complimentary consultation where we could discuss our ways of helping our clients win with money and find out more about how we might be able to help you achieve your goals. Thanks much. I'll be back with you very soon on the next episode of the Simply Financial Podcast.
0: The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of SagePoint Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note, the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies, websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through Sage Point Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management LLC, not affiliated with Sage Point Financial.
2: Simply Financial is part of the Exvodio Podcast Network. You can find x Podcasts at xvadio.com slash podcast, the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes Store, iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts. So join us and stay informed and entertained.